the Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are When I was Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs. I'm Jace Garcia, joined by Jared Jones and Joe Aguirre. Um, we got a big show for you guys today. Going to recap the, all the MMA fights from last week, as well as talk about the future of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier too. And we got some big fights tonight. Not only UFC, but a big, big, big boxing match. So let's get right into it. Starting off, let's recap UFC. Corey Sandhagen knocks out Marlon Marais. In the second round, to get to be to get one step closer to his title shot, Jared, what did you think of the fight? Uh pretty good fight. This is one of those anything can happen situations. It's not what we thought was going to happen, but uh, not at all. Excellent. I mean, he landed something. It, I mean, it happens in fights. He landed something. I think if these guys fight 10 times, Morris wins seven of them. But uh, Sandhagen beat him this time, and that and that does put him next in line for uh, for the winner of uh, the title fight coming up. Yeah, you know, weird. I didn't, I didn't see anything special in Corey Sandhagen before the fight and really outside of the spinning kick. I don't know that I saw anything in the ring that made me think this guy's great. He kind of grazed so Morris. With the kick, it, it wasn't even a it wasn't even clean. Um, still not sure why he was the favorite. Like I said, nothing it just seemed like a like a one hitter quitter to me. Uh nice, nice job. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch here, I guess, but um I I, I guess I guess others knew San Hagen was gonna pull something like that because I, I can't otherwise why was he the favorite? I, I honestly thought Moraes was fighting a pretty good fight up to that point, countering well had a takedown. Look pretty good to me, but San Hagen, the brown belt, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, yeah. working his way up. <laughs> I just yeah, came up with this when you said it. It's when you get dirt in your chewing tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> San Hagen, you're welcome. Oh <laughs> uh, well, that is a big name on the belt of uh, on the, another notch on the belt of San Hagen. He should get the next title shot, uh, so we will see. Now let's recap the Bellator fight. One of them, MVP wins via unanimous decision versus Ross Houston and hands Ross Houston his first loss. What would you think of it, Jared? Uh, this was a snooze fest, man. You know, yeah. I said before they, they fought that this was like fireworks versus drying paint. Now, apparently, some of that paint got on the wicks of the fireworks because <laughs> nothing happened here. This was this was just and Paige is one of those. 
he came on the scene. He was a really exciting guy. Granted, he's fighting something somebody who's made everyone he fought look boring uh, in Houston, but I'm glad Houston has a loss. The more losses he gets, the less we'll see of him. No offense to the dude, but I don't. I'm not a fan. I, I can't stand that style of fighting, and um, so I'm really glad he lost. Paige, I'd like to see again against somebody who wants to fight with him. Yeah, you know this. This for me was no. one of the most boring fights I've ever seen. And I'll say this: Ross Houston had a zero percent chance of winning this fight once the bell rang. He never. He, there was never a moment where I thought, "Oh." Swing Maybe. it back in Houston's yeah. favor. I never saw it. I, I knew he was going to lose this fight. Uh, it really was a boring fight. I feel like whenever Houston had a chance to to really, he just didn't, he didn't bring it. And I understand that you're not going to go toe-to-toe with MVP, but get him to the ground and do something. There was just, this guy didn't impress me at all. And I agree with you, Jared. I feel like the more he loses, the more he'll just go away, which would be fine by me. I just didn't see any anything special here. And and I was looking forward to seeing MVP um getting a Not fight. And, that guy. Yeah, this this was this was nothing I wanted to see. Now like you may I love that analogy you made, Jared, about the drying paint on the wick of the firework yeah. now does mvp getting a loss like he did he he was undefeated and then he has this loss does that would you say that factors into him not being the mvp we saw we've seen in the past in this fight um i wouldn't i wouldn't say that just yet uh that does happen to a lot of fighters they take their first loss and then they never really react to it the way you want a fighter to react to a loss and they kind of just fizzle out um and if he were fighting someone else i may say and and we saw that kind of performance but against a guy who makes everybody look like that i would i'm not ready to make that step yet maybe but i'm not ready personally to make that jump just yet that's a really good question jace um It really is, and I don't know that you'll get an answer from this fight because, to me, Houston was fighting to not lose, Mm. which made it tough for MVP to find moments in the fight. It it was This was Houston just, like, holding on for dear life. Uh, Didn't didn't do it for me. So I I don't think you – and you're going to see, I think, in the next fight, uh, a very similar situation that ended very differently, in my opinion. Yes, sir. Mm. Let's talk about it. Uh, Tim Johnson gets revenge for his past knockout loss to Czech Congo as he beats him via majority decision. Jared, thoughts? Um, this was tough to care about either way. <laughs> Is honestly how I feel. But that being said, it's exciting. They're fighting. They're big guys. I want to see a trilogy. I don't want to see either one of these guys go up in the ranks, down in the ranks. One of them knocked the uh, Congo knocked Johnson out two years ago. Johnson knocked Congo out now. They should, but what are they like? 48. They should each rest for two more years and then a trilogy fight. And uh, um, and I like Congo in the trilogy. Listen, the I match. said this a minute ago. I'll say it again. I hate watching guys who fight not to lose. And that's what Tim Johnson did. 
He grabbed, he clenched for this entire fight. I understand that that was his game plan, but uh, pawing at Congo and shoving him into a fence and then holding on for dear life, that, that, that for me, you don't, you don't earn a win that way. I, I, like, I watched this fight a couple of times since it happened because I, I can't get really? over it. If you, if you would have, look, he went to, Czech Congo's 45 years old. I mean, and Chuck got some good punches in there, and Johnson didn't really throw many. He didn't throw any good ones. He didn't throw any big, impactful shots. This was simply, if Jared, if you asked me a million bucks, get into a ring with Mike Tyson, do you know what I would do? I would just wrap my arms around his arm first chance I got and make sure he doesn't punch me out. That's yeah. what I would be going for. And that was what Tim Johnson did in this fight with Chuck Congo. There's a, and there's at the a... end, to Chuck Congo's credit, in the last round, Congo was actually teeing off on Johnson. He just didn't have enough steam to put him out. If there's a third fight in, in this trilogy, I, I think it's going to end like the first one did where Congo lays him out. I this sure was hope so. a boring fight for me. Uh, and, and really, even when Johnson had him in the clench and against the fence, he didn't do anything. He wasn't inflicting damage. It was more just holding him up against the fence. There's an old boxing moniker that uh, trainers will use for big punchers. When you've got somebody in the ring that you think might get caught with something, you tell them all the way in or all the way out. I'm fighting Tyson for a million dollars. I'm far away from him or right on top of him. Yeah, and I agree with that. That's how that's how Johnson fought this fight, all the way in or all the way out, and to be safe. Yeah. At 45, I feel like Czech Congo deserved a better fight. From somebody yes. who might be willing to stand in the pocket and throw some punches with this How guy. How many does he have left? Right. That's why I'm saying to me, uh. this was a, this was a, if Czech Congo knew how this fight was going to go, even if you told him he was going to win the fight as opposed to, to, to lose the decision, it's a if lose, you told lose him situation. Be, he would have been like, nah, no thanks. Yep. This is just a waste of Czech Congo's life right here. These are minutes he doesn't get back. Congratulations sure. to Tim Johnson. If you feel like you avenged your knockout with this pathetic <laughs> performance, then God bless your heart, son. But, you, but it, it doesn't to me. Way to keep it doesn't positive. in these eyes. No. And if there is a rubber match, let's just at least pray it's not a main event. Yeah, so, no. Uh, no. Now let's move. Fight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now let's move on to some current events, starting off with some boxing news. As top-ranked boxing promoter Bob Arum confirms, Tyson Fury's next fight will not be against Deontay Wilder. What do you think, Jared? Um. Well, I hope it's Joshua. I don't. I mean, who else do we want to see this guy fight? Is there anybody else we want to see Fury fight? And I think he picks Wilder apart again. I think that uh, Wilder Fury is like a truly a puncher's chance. And granted, I said different things. Don't don't splice it up and take it out of context. I said different things about Fury. I have changed my mind. I've I've watched him more. This is a this is a really really good heavyweight, and I think he in all likelihood outpoints Deontay Wilder. Wins almost every round, probably by decision. Maybe gets him out of there. But, um, I mean, I would have been so surprised to see Wilder win by anything besides a haymaker punch that uh, I didn't really want to see these guys fight again. 
when you dismantle somebody like that, I've had guys talk about rematches with me. Oh, I'd like to do that again because they think they've gotten a little better. But it was such a thorough dismantling that there's no reason to do they're, they're just for me wilder and i love wilder i was always a wilder guy i wanted to see wilder joshua i still think that's a great fight um but for me tyson wilder i'm just not as interested in it because i think i think fury walks away with it yeah uh, this is great news for deontay yeah. wilder uh because the only way he could beat fury is if he goes into a time machine and he learns how to box when he was younger uh, and I hate, to, I, I, and, and I don't mean no, 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 no. Listen, that's not to disrespect Deontay Wilder. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be hurtful here. I'm a big fan of this guy, but Fury's been doing this his entire life. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster, uh, and he's a way better boxer. Wilder hit Fury with his two best punches. Right, two best punches. He he couldn't couldn't put him out. Stop him, yeah. And and I'll tell you what. Tyson Fury is not afraid of Deontay Wilder. He took his best punch and he got up at seven like the Undertaker. Yes, sir. Well, and you're talking about somebody in Wilder that that just knocked everybody out. You can't expect. I mean, there's there's something to be said about hunger. He never had to. Chad Dawson fell off at the end of his career when his when his uh, athleticism started to diminish because he never learned those other things. You know why? Because he never had to. He was 158 pounds, six three, and fought left handed. So nobody was getting anywhere near him when he had to start developing those other things. They just weren't there. Wilder, it's like asking somebody with a lighter to learn how to rub sticks together. This guy was just knocking people out. What do I need to? I don't need to get all technical. I'm just not. You heard Floyd Floyd Wayweather. Floyd Floyd Wayweather. Floyd Mayweather um, uh, said to to Wilder, fire your group. Come over to me. I will show you. I will teach you what you need to do to beat Tyson Fury. Ha! Nonsense. Dude, Rocky III is fake. You're not going to learn a whole new (laughs) fighting style in like your late 30s. What are you you talking about? It's um, Rousey and Holmes with, with, with and home with with Rousey coming in and thinking she's gonna out. Well, I've been doing boxing for the last couple months. I'm a box, you know, like you can't put that up against yeah. decades and think you're gonna get in there. I don't go carpenter with carpenters. I don't go mechanic with mechanics. <laughs> Wilder's best bet here is that, like you said, uh, Joshua beats Fury, and he we can get one of those sloppy slugfests. Uh, with with Fury and Joshua, with Wilder and Joshua, if, if he could beat Fury. Um, because that's what it would be. And I would be and, fine with that. I actually enjoy those. Otherwise, uh, cue the kangaroos for Deontay Wilder because I don't know that there's anyone else he can beat that he needs to beat. I really think he don't. can beat Joshua. I think this oh, yeah. weight triangle is a perfect example of styles make fights. Yes, yes. These three guys are rock, paper, scissors. That's a great analogy. That's a great analogy because I think I give I give Wilder the edge over Joshua. I give Fury the edge over Wilder. And I think Joshua could outbox Fury. I really think that if these three guys, well, like I said, seven out of ten times, the uh, one's beating the other, just like rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I don't and, think Joshua can outbox Fury, but I definitely think he could – Give him the best run for his money. 
Yeah, that's fair. I see it. But uh, I think Fury's got the better chin. And of the three, yes, definitely. I think he's the guy that could beat the other two. Let me real quick. One last point on on Tyson Fury is, you know, look, he he gets hit with that punch, and he's on his back and he's out, and he'd never been knocked out before, and somehow, instinctively, with his eyes closed and his brain shut off, got up in seven seconds, like he just knew, like the fire inside of him was like, uh, five six and he was like gotta get up and kick somebody's ass and he did and that was amazing and i think after you have a moment like that against somebody you will always beat that person that was incredible i don't know where that came from uh but to me tyson fury is like he's next level this is something i came up with after one of my fights i was fighting this uh this bigger kid 225 230 he's got this huge no left whatsoever huge right hand Dot, Donnie Leffingwell, shout out. Um, huge right hand. And we decided to go five rounds instead of threes, chasing me around with this big right hand. And in the fourth round, I felt it. Bing! <sighs> Heard the bells, the birds, everything's going off for me. But I looked him right in the eye and said, good punch, kid, and touched his glove. And it was the worst thing that could have happened to him, is that he landed his best punch. Yep. Because the whole time he had himself convinced if he landed that punch, I'm getting outboxed, I'm getting outclassed, but if I land that punch. And so after that, I started saying, sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you in a fight is you land your best punch. And you may be right. That happened to Deontay Wilder. He landed his best punch and the guy stood up and looked at a good shot, kid. Yeah, let's finish. Oh, Oh, and and the best part, too, is, I mean, you know, as soon as he got up, too, he came right at Wilder. Came right at him and and finished off that round, like, going toe-to-toe. Next level, dude. I literally just got chills all up and down me, man. That is one of the scariest things. (laughs) I watched that fight a couple of times this, this week as well, and and I can't, that moment gets me every time because I think he was out. He yeah. was out. Man, that's it's terrifying. It's hard to describe what that's like cuz you're you know you're fighting and you're 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 conditioned. You know, and then pow, you hit somebody with has taken something that's removed consciousness from people before. <laughs> and the guy's just standing there, man. That's a sc- I'll tell you what. That is a scary scary feeling when you land your best shot. Dude, that's and like start, they, the next thing you think about is the clock. I'm gonna, how much oh, yeah. I gotta be in here with this guy because I'm sure I'll be here the whole time. Deontay did two things after that, after he dropped Fury. He did the and then he did a little shimmy shimmy. And then he was talking to somebody in the crowd or 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 in his corner. And then he turned around and saw Fury standing up, not wobbling, but standing up, and the look on on Wilder's face is priceless. <laughs> you know when WWE someone in the Halloween movies thinks they killed Michael Myers and then he comes walking <laughs> out of the flames? That's what happened to Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury just like Mike Myers, he came walking out like, yeah, let's yeah. do this. The Terminator out of the burning truck. Yeah, you're not beating that guy. Ever. No. Okay, let's go. This is where we run. 
<laughs> Before we move on for this topic, I think it's unanimous that we want to see Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. But who is a good next opponent for Deontay Wilder, Jared? Ooh. Um, geez, come back to me. Joe? Okay. I mean, honestly, anybody else. Give him somebody he could knock out early, and, and that way we can get this thing lined up. Because the last thing we want to see, and I, I don't know if there's anybody else out there that I think could give Wilder a run for his money. So if he's gonna if he's gonna fight a fight, I'd like it to be I'd like it to be somebody um maybe uh, like a Dylan White, somebody like that, hey. where you know, it'd be a good fight. Yeah. Match those two off, those two off, and then we'll meet up and talk. Um, you know what I mean? I, I like Alexander Usyk. I think uh cover your mouth, Usyk. He uh that's not, but I think he might beat Wilder if I'm yeah. Wilder's corner. I don't like that. Andy Ruiz. You stole both the names out of my mouth here. <laughs> Those are both ah. the names I was thinking of there. But yeah, Andy Ruiz and uh, Usyk. I, I do think Usyk is the tougher task for Wilder. But yeah, I would love to see Ruiz and Wilder go at it. That this be guy at the top of the amateurs. Where, where they do tournaments and you find out who the best guy is every time, unlike professional fighting anywhere, uh, Yusik and Baturbiev kept meeting at the end of these tournaments three times when in the world tournaments these guys met each other. And these are two guys, those are both, those are the powerhouses in uh, in their division. I, those are the boogeymen. In their, those are the guys that don't have huge names. You're not going to make a lot of money, but you don't want to fight Yusik or Baturbiev. I promise. Those guys are both monsters. Wilder's been sort of avoiding White over the last three years or so, and with good reason. But to me, that's a that's a real... You, you want to show uh, me you've got something, Deontay Wilder? Win that fight. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's a great fight. Yeah. Now let's uh, switch gears over to UFC and... Continue this like what the fourth week in a row we're talking about Dustin Poirier, but UFC president Dana White has come out and in an interview with ESPN, he says he offered the Poirier versus McGregor fight on January 23rd. Conor McGregor takes to Twitter and says he accepts, but he wants the fight at AT and T Stadium where the Dallas Cowboys play. Jared, what do you think of this? Um, I'm just, ah, man. Um, geez. Look, ah, I, I just can't with these guys. <laughs> Joe, it's tough, Joe, ain't take, it? Take, take it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah listen. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like. Connor said Please. this was the only place, AT, AT&T Stadium was the only place that could hold our crowd, he said. It seats 90,000, and I'll, I'll be honest, he's not feeling that unless he fights Poirier and Manny Pacquiao in a handicap match. It's, it's just not <laughs> happening. He, I love the fact exactly. he insisted. He's, I'll fight Poirier, gotta be in 2020. And Dana White was like, 2021. I mean, Connor doesn't get his way in any of this. He continues to act like a giant baby. And I'll tell you what, I know this is this is a rematch, Poirier and, and McGregor. 
This isn't the guy you beat in 2014. Dustin Poirier is a tremendously better fighter. He's taking this way more serious than you are. He takes his career more serious than you are. And he recognizes that beating Conor McGregor would be a great thing for him in his career. Right? Oh, yeah. Conor's just out there running his mouth for whatever rhyme or reason. Why he wants to fight Poirier, beyond me. I don't even know why he wants this fight. I don't even know why he wants it. But I think he's going to regret taking it the more I see how this is starting to play out. Hey, do you know what video cameras call 2K Sports? Poirier. You're welcome. Oh, my God. Jeez. Oh, um, That's solid, I, though. That's that solid. Really good. That's they really know, good. Uh, <laughs> they know he's going to uh, – I mean, they all his, his, his squad has to know this is the money fight. The same way yeah. McGregor reaches toward boxing. Uh, Diz talks about it all the time. Did McGregor reaches toward boxing because that's where the money is. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, these guys want to fight a guy with a big name. Remember that during the flurry. These guys want to fight a name. They want to take the payday. And and if I can, I mean, I'm ready to start trolling McGregor. All the way in or all the way out, I'll take yeah. that payday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I can get him to talk back <laughs> to me and sign something, hell yeah. So I don't. I don't blame. I don't, it's hard to blame Poirier, but it's hard to get excited about either. You know. Right, right. He'll right. last longer than a minute forty-six. I could guarantee that. <laughs> yes, and I can't say I would do that. So they're probably better off watching him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got a fight announcement. First one in a while, actually. We just talked about the bantamweights, and we have a bantamweight title fight in the UFC at UFC. 256 champion Peter Yan will take on challenger Algermain Sterling. What do you think of this fight, Jared? Um, man, another one that just came to me. Oh, I don't know if this is probably too inappropriate. What is it? What are, what do you call what a bored penis does? Peter Yan. Um, so I love both of these fighters, badass, uh, monsters. This is a must see fight. We don't, we don't get on and like amp a lot of fights. I know we're going to amp a boxing match later, but as far as, as far as like exciting must see, I'm telling people who don't like fighting. Hey, if you're thinking about getting interested and you want to see a cut, this is one of those fights to go and watch. To, to believe you're seeing the top guys in their weight class on the planet when it comes to combat sports. This is the top of the game. I like both of these guys, and it should be an awesome, awesome fight. I absolutely uh, love Jan. Uh, he's knocked out some of my favorite fighters, including Uriah Faber. They had a really, uh, mm. really great fight. Jose Aldo's another one. He's decision. Jimmy Rivera and John Dodson. He's a... Uh, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This guy can kind of do it all. Yai can also stand in the pocket and throw with anybody. Now, interestingly enough, uh, Marlon Moraes knocked out Sterling with a knee. I mean, you guys were aware of that. Uh, in the Jimmy Rivera fight, Yan threw a couple of huge knees that I don't know how Rivera survived them, but if I had to guess how this fight's going to end, I'm going to say that Jan hits Sterling with a knee and knocks him out. 
Give me the third round. Huh? No, Ooh. no second. Yeah, that's how I. I mean, I, I again, dude. I, I, I watched mm, yesterday probably half of Pete Piotr Jan's fights uh, in his career because I'm I, I like him a lot and I watch him fight and there's times where I'm like, oh, dude, this guy go toe to toe with everybody, and then there's times where I see him on the ground pounding people. I like mm. that. You gotta have you gotta have the full. Right, Jared. We've talked about this. If you're going to be successful in MMA, you you gotta you gotta you can't be a one dimensional fighter. I think Jan's too good. Uh, you know, Sterling was a, a division three wrestling champ. Uh, he also does uh, Brazilian jiu jitsu. Actually, studies under Matt Sarah. But he's he's not a power guy. He's not a real knockout artist. And no. I've seen Jan. I've seen Jan destroy people. I've seen his yeah. punches flatten a guy out. And I. I I like Sterling. He's exciting. He's a fun. He's a fun fighter. I just think Jan's got way too much experience and way too much. I, I like don't know. Jan too. There's no way. I like Jan too, but Sterling is the top of the division. And for some, with some of what we've been getting recently from combat sports, it's a breath of fresh air to have two of the guys at the top of the division fighting each other. Yeah, you're right. But uh, another, ex another exciting fight. Yeah, I, I think this is also a fight. Oh, uh, like uh, two game plans. Uh, Sterling, uh, he's gonna want to get it to the f ground. He's he pulls off some crazy submissions. He's gonna want to do that, and Jan is gonna want to keep it standing, use his power. So it's gonna be a good, interesting fight. Styles make fights. And uh, speaking of two guys at the top of the division going at it, let's preview mm. tonight's UFC Fight Night on ESPN Plus. Brian. T-City Ortega takes on the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. What are you thinking, Jared? This is uh <clears throat> this is a great fight. I mean, to and we've talked about a couple here right in a row that are really like must-see TV. Um this isn't, I don't think these are the 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 you're not gonna find these guys on a lot of the pound for pound lists. But uh, it's like it's in the spirit of BMF, this one here. Yes, yes. It really is. Funny enough, the next big fight we're going to talk about, Lomachenko and Lopez, has a very similar plot line to it where a misunderstanding has increased the beef between the fighters oh, and made the tank sort of taken the fight next level. For anybody who doesn't know this story, uh, Chan Sung Jung, this this fight's they've been trying to get this fight for a really long time, and uh, the Korean zombies social media he he's been going hard after Ortega, and uh, they they met face to face at the fight that didn't happen, and uh, Jung sent one of his guys over to to say to Ortega, look, nothing personal, just having some fun, uh, you know, because Ortega was stunned. He thought, no, there's no way that that Jung is. Would be would be so disrespectful, and so Jung apologized. I just doing it for the fans. And and during during I don't know if you guys know it, but but during the uh, the weigh in, uh, he flashed a Korean love symbol. Uh, Jung started laughing. The beef was squashed. Then the injury happened, and as they were trying to get things going again, once again the crap the crap talking started. Now Ortega was convinced it couldn't be the zombie. 
We already talked this out. We're good. It must be that Korean pop star in his corner, 130-pounder. He's a Korean rapper, co-manager to the Korean zombie. Will Ortega sees him over ringside? Fortunately, Chan Sung Jung and his wife had walked off just a few minutes ago. Ortega walked over and absolutely drilled uh, this young fella in the face, took him to the ground. And now... Uh, Chance Jung Sung had to come out and be like, no, it's been me talking crap the whole time. And since you punched my guy, now I got to kick your ass. So wow. to me, this yeah. fight is next level. And I'll tell you what, and I love, I love Ortega. I think he's a great fighter. It's going to be a great match. But when the Korean zombie says he has to knock you out, like it's an honor thing. I don't know how he's going to leave there without a knockout. Uh. <laughs> I know, I know. I really wanted to take Ortega, but the more I like, I the more I've gotten behind this story. The Korean zombie has to win, like he has to, which is weird, but he does. You'll see. <laughs> You're not wrong. I, I am going with Ortega here, though, because. That that's who he is. He's from the streets. If you talk smack, you're getting hit. And he did that. And now he's got a time to actually hit the right per person. And he's going to do that. That's uh, I, I like Ortega, especially coming off a break after his last uh, last uh, fight with uh, Max Holloway. Um, he's some things. And I expect Ortega to get back in the win column here. I wouldn't be shocked. Again, I mean, he's a great finisher. When when he gets you in the guillotine, bye bye. Uh, you know, I, I to me, I just think Chan Sung Jung is. I think he's got too much on the line to lose this fight. This 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 would be bad for him. I think on a cultural level, as a fighter, uh, and just again in that relationship with his co-manager, uh, who apparently isn't much of a crap talker, as it turns out. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that 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 puts another wrinkle in it when there's something like that going on. I fought uh I fought my sister's boyfriend years ago who had cheated on her. Dream was, come true for a brother. Well, well, he thought you know he's done some boxing and wanted to prove his uh his, oh uh, even better he thought yeah. he knew what he was doing and he cheated gonna, on your sister all right well, yeah 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 well and i boxed a little and i'm gonna get in there and uh you know i wanna i wanna do whatever i have to do to make this up to you and yeah so shows up and he's gonna fight me and everybody's okay with this and it's a little out of my uh wheelhouse this is before scrub scraps blossomed into what it's become and we did things like that but uh I don't know if it was a full 60 seconds, maybe a minute and a half. Um, got him out of there. It puts it. There's a different wrinkle, though. It there's definitely something different that happens when uh when it when it gets personal like that, when somebody close to you has has you're right. But then then there's also like people who utilize that emotion to do good, and then there's also people who can use that emotion against you. And so it sabotages them, yeah. yeah. But when you have a chin like the Korean zombie, when you are that hit me with your best shot and smile and keep walking towards you guy, and you've got that personal vendetta that you want to get after somebody, yeah, that's scary, man. That's why I'm taking him, man. I'm telling you, I, I think Ortega, 
Brian Ortega could very well win this fight. Like, believe me, when I, as I sat here and I thought about it, I was like, "Ooh, God, he's such a great finisher." It's a tough pick. I just think there's. I think the Korean Zombie has way too much on the line from a personal standpoint. That this is a bad loss for him if he loses. This would be a. Uh, this would be a humbling loss for him. For all the extracurricular stuff, not even not even anything with Ortega. That's the worst part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you don't got to pick between fights this weekend. This the main card for this UFC starts at seven p.m. and then tune it over to ESPN at ten p.m. We got the big big boxing match, the lightweight unification bout between Vasily Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez. Jared, give me your thoughts. Loma. Loma. These are the two best lightweights in the world, though. Make no mistake about it. We are going to find out who the best guy is. Not because of the alphabet warriors, not WBO and IBF and WBA. And those are jokes. But make no mistake about it, fans. This time, we're going to get it right. We're going to figure out who the best guy in the world is at that weight class. And maybe the best guy, the best combat fighter on the planet, if you ask me, pound for pound, Loma. Loma. And when we look back on this in 10 years, we'll slot it right in next to Mayweather and Canelo as a time that where Lopez, when Lopez goes 37-1, and and you look back at that one being a 32-year-old Loma and say, he took the young lion cub on at the right time because if Canelo fights Floyd right now today, it's a there's a one in his loss column. They each leave with a one. Canelo will destroy Floyd today. And that's that's kind of how Father Time works. He's undefeated. You have a 23-year-old and a 32-year-old here. Father Time's undefeated. So sooner or later, Loma falls off and isn't the greatest fighter on the planet. Is it five, six years from now? Is it two or three years from now? It's hard to tell in fighting. Uh, historically, he's toward the tail end of his prime right here at 32. And and catching Lopez at the right time, and I, I think he beats him. I think he might stop this kid. This is, this is a great, but this is the third one we talked about. Must see TV if you are even mildly interested in any combat sports at all. If you're a dodgeball fan, like anything, (laughs) (laughs) watch this fight. Vasily's father, Anatoly Lomachenko, started teaching his son how to box at the age of five and then suddenly took him out and had him learn traditional Ukrainian dance. Okay. He wanted to strengthen his legs and teach him rhythm. And now Loma says in his mind while he's fighting, it's set to music. And only he can hear the music. And he's it's almost a choreographed dance. What Loma's dude, this guy, this guy's doing something that, that like that's this is beyond what a guy like Lopez could even understand. Oh yeah. Loma, you're trying to dance with Lomachenko and you can't hear the song. You don't know which way he's going. You don't know what he's thinking because you don't know what the beat in his head is. The and the only beat sounds like that Lopez is going to get is going to be the one that comes from Lomachenko's hands. Now, in 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 Lopez's second to last fight, he fought Maya Oshi Nakatani, uh, who was weight drained and was supposed to be an easy fight. 
Post-fight, Lopez admitted he gets lazy sometimes. He loses focus sometimes. And I'll tell you what, you do this here with, with, with your dad. The, the You know, again, you guys know this whole story. Is everybody up to speed on this? Uh, Tiafimo's father went up to Lomachenko and was basically like, hey, Loma, my son's going to beat you. Lomachenko just stared him down. <laughs> and uh, Teofimo's father was like outraged and stunned and, and 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 humiliated by this. And this has caused some some nonsensical rift where where the Lopez's are acting like they got disrespected by Loma. What would you say, Jared, if I walked up to you and I was like, my my son's gonna kick your ass today. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Get yeah, away I, from I, me, you weirdo. I out my best taken voice. Yeah. Um, look, I feel like this might be a case of the hot prospect getting pushed a little too soon. Think uh, Vargas, Trinidad, think Jerry Cooney and Holmes. Uh, he's he's a little hot headed. Uh, Mayweather, he, Canelo. Going to the fight. I think he's got so much animosity towards Lomachenko. I suspect this is going to play out more like uh, like Leonard Duran. Um, yeah. Going in mad and rushing a matador like Lomachenko is... Not a good game plan. It's not a good game plan. And, and yeah. this will not end well for Lopez if that's what he does. The Lomachenko sounds like a dance move. Doesn't it? Now, you know what that reminded me of while you were saying it? <clears throat> um, back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, the Dallas Cowboys traded a guy for 11 players and built that 90s dynasty, winning three Super Bowls, around the trade of a guy named Herschel Walker. Those draft picks turned into Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, uh, Charles Haley, Troy Aikman, built that Cowboys dynasty in the 90s off of one trade, Herschel Walker, and this was the baddest running back in the league for 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 a certain span. And when you were saying that, I was thinking of, uh, I got a picture of in my head of him in a, in a black, like, leotard, uh onesie type of type of doing ballet i had this memory came to me and i'm like wow that's right herschel walker did ballet to to condition and train for running on the football field and then you watch his feet for such a big guy let me bring it back to boxing Chris Bird in his basement he has like three or four brothers or something and his dad built one corner so you had to get out of that court. If you watch Chris Bird fight, you can see that little kid training that he has with his older brothers trying to pound him into that corner. And him in, in very close proximity, he's moving better than everybody else because that's the training he got. So you talk about Loma and ballet, Herschel or uh, Loma and dance, Herschel Walker and dance, you know, that these guys are using that other thing to kind of, hone in that skill and man when you get to that point whoo like you say it's a totally different speed than your than your average person comes in and and loma loma is that he's doing the lomachenko and you can't keep up <laughs> yeah you're right because we've spoken about it before on this the show lomachenko <laughs> loma, it's a loma. dance right it's it sound like a dance but uh, we've talked about it multiple times on the show. Like, Loma is so good in the ring. It's, like, it is art what he does in the boxing ring. 
but because he doesn't have anyone on his level, he doesn't he isn't really fighting like any big names. People, casual fans, aren't really tuning in. Now this is the biggest opportunity for him. Undefeated, young up and comer. People, nothing else is on ESPN at 10 p.m. People are going to tune in and people are going to see how good Loma actually is. That's what I'm Lopez's fight with Nakatani that I mentioned was the toughest fight he's had in his 15 so far. And and the, the thing that struck me most about this and the reason why I think he does lose this fight is he made no adjustments against Nakatani. And that works against a guy like Nakatani. Again, it's it, everything he's done leading up to this fight with Loma, he could get away with against the 15 guys he's beaten. You're, none of those things are going to work. Chess and checkers. That's what this is. Uh, Lopez... I'm telling you, there. I, I I just don't see it. And he's a, he's a great fighter. Don't get me wrong. I think his father has made this a worse situation for him by running his mouth and making this where the son has to defend his father because this isn't some chump that you're fighting in the ring tonight. And the Lopez's both have talked about it like like he is. And I think they're going to get the wake up call of their life. And in I think boxing? both guys leave their match uh, tonight, fifteen and one. Yeah, me too. And I think that that what you just talked about in combat sports is the difference between good and great is being able to adjust on the fly. They have military training episodes where where you're holding a tree and you're getting waterboarded while you're holding the tree. And then they're asking you like complex math questions and and who the ambassador for for Chile is and you're like and trying to get you to think and use your brain and the, even the most the simplest things turn into calculus because you're exhausted and trying to adjust and trying to dodge somebody punching you in the face um Jose Antonio Rivera won the title when he lost it if you watch that fight uh I'll post the up the opponent's name later but if you watch the fight Jose Antonio Rivera good friend of mine really liked the guy great fighter but when he started, he like he lost, he won the first, second, third round. The other guy made this complete adjustment. And then he started to lose rounds. When he started to lose rounds, he went to this one-two, one-one-two combination, and it was over and over and over and over. And just never when the other guy made the adjustment to what he was doing, he wanted so badly for it to keep working that he never did anything different. And lost the title in that fight. And it's crazy to watch. For me, it's crazy to watch. Because if you count the punches, it's the same sequence over and over and over and over. Just wanting that thing to work. That a la Dante Wilder's big punch. It worked over and over and over and over and over again. And why isn't it working right now? I need it to work right now. And I don't know how to adjust. And that's the difference between a good fighter and a great fighter. No disrespect. Jose Antonio Rivera was a great fighter. But in that fight, he wasn't able to do that. Make that adjustment on the fly. Loma, whoo, he's one of the best ever at that. And I agree with you. Lopez, I've had yet to see him do that. He has a system that works against everybody so far, but hasn't been able to adjust to the controversy when he when he's when he faces adversity. I haven't really seen him make adjustments. Where Loma's adjusting on the fly in every fight. You see him in the second, third round. He's making wholesale adjustments. And just, 
this is another level guy. And and I hope you're right, Jace. He's going to show it tonight and start to get some of that respect and appreciation and acclaim that he deserves. <clears throat> it's unfortunate that this guy had 500 and something amateur wins. And most people, if you weren't paying attention to amateur boxing, you didn't see this guy until late 20s, you know? So that's unfortunate. But let's hope that this fight starts to do that for him. I got a real good feeling it's gonna. I'm so I'm I couldn't I don't think I I've been this excited for a fight this year. Uh, this is this is literally number one for me. I am thrilled that this fight is here. I'm so excited it's happening tonight, and I really look forward to Loma doing his thing. Oh yeah, yes sir, yes sir. Now that's it for fight previews for tonight. Now we are going to end the show like we always do. And Jared, hit me with that flurry. All right. Well, I'm going to pop up a screen share for you guys. And uh, we're going to play trivia. Ooh. Tell me when you can see it. Let's see the stream yard. Are you on the PowerPoint? Yep. Ooh, it's only showing the stream yard. Share. That feels right. This Got feels it. like sure. it's coming. All right. Without further ado, you guys got it? It's blank right now. Yeah. It's a white screen. Well, damn. It felt close. It felt closer than where we were the first time. So that is definitely, uh, that's definitely some good news. And we're back to the stream yard. Yeah. So Jared, uh, um, when you do it, you're going to, you're going to click on the, uh, you're going to look for an application window. I think that's the one you want to click and then click on the uh, PowerPoint and it should, it should be, uh, it should be good to go. Oh, there it is. Oh, there we go. All right. I don't know what that said, but I like it. (laughs) Oh, what? All right. I love games and I love trivia. All right. Now I'm going to tell you that there's four, but I fully expect neither one of you to get the first one. Okay. Yep. So therefore, we're going to call it best out of three. But hey, if either one of you get the first one, you win. Game over. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Yell it out when you know the answer. This is a list of 10 fighters. It's box- the, the, the category is boxers. At the end of 2018. And you have to tell me what the list represents. Are you ready for the first one? Okay. Okay. 
Call it out when you got it. Manuel Char, Pitabut Sheminov, Dmitry Bivol. Your first hint is number nine. Vacant. No longer champions. Or who no. were the champions? Ah, oh, that's half of it. At the end of 2019, 2018. The end of 2018. You're halfway there. That's got to be, is it one of the alphabets? Hey, look at Jace. Top 10 WBO. One letter off. WBA. WBA. WBC. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so WBA, it was a tie, but this is heavyweight, light heavyweight, uh, heavyweight cruiser, light heavy, and so on down the line. These are your WBA champions at the end of 2018. All right. Wow. Top 10 wow. WBA champions at the end of 2018. Now we're filling in the blank at the top. You guys ready for the second one? Yep. WBL. Top 10 WBO. Top 10. It's boxing at the end of 2018. Loma, Crawford, Canelo, Usyk, Triple G. Spence is low. At the end of 2018, these were the top 10. Pound for pound? Pound for pound, Joe. One nothing, Joe. Yeah! Yeah, this would have been my top 10 list. Yeah, for sure. This is top 10 pound for pound, okay? We've got one more or two more here. You guys ready for the third one? Yep. Sir. Floyd Mayweather. Conor McGregor. Oh, uh, money made the most. Yeah. uh, Earners. Jace makes it one to one. Top earners, boxing, 2018, Mayweather, McGregor, Pacquiao, Broner, Cotto, Fury, Joshua, Triple G, Kovalev, Gonzalez, Chocolatito. All right, one more question. You guys ready? Yep. It's one-to-one. What's the point? None of those guys are on the list. Is exactly the point. The, 29 these guys... names. And here comes yep. the flurry. 29 names out of 30. You'll find Golovkin right in the middle for pound for pound and eighth on the top 10 earners. Now you tell me in a sport where we're trying to find the greatest fighter, how somebody like the WBA sanctioning body could call themselves reputable and come up with 10 names who we don't find anywhere on the money earning list or the pound-for-pound list. This is an argument for scrub scraps again, to drag that into it all over again. If we're talking about dollars, then let's fight for dollars. If we're talking about the best fighter in the world, let's fight for that. But if you are inherently separating the two to where a reputable sanctioning body has none of the best guys on its list, and none of the best guys are making the most money in the game? What the hell are we doing here? Yeah, that's crazy. What's the point? Yeah, right. Like, what What are we doing here? Which one of you guys got that? I'm sorry, somebody won. It was me. 
Joe Joe won, yeah. Two to one. Congratulations. It was close, though, Jace. Feel good about yourself. But but it infuriates me that you have 10 guys you don't recognize on WBA's champion list. And then the pound for pound list, you have guys we know that the general public's never heard of. And then on that money earners list, you have guys that your average fight fan that doesn't really care, that isn't much of an aficionado goes, oh, yeah, Mayweather, McGregor, Pacquiao. Those are the top three right now. They're not those are the top three earners. Those are the top three names. They can't necessarily fight. And if we're basing boxing around that, we should at least be honest about it. That Those 29 out of 30 names, that's totally dishonest from every perspective when it comes to the sport of boxing. Yeah, yeah, you're not boxing in, in, in such a big way. I, I don't think I'll ever understand that. And I, I really honestly, before you highlighted it, I never really thought about it and I never gave it much thought beyond there's way too many alphabets here. There's just way too many. I laugh about it, but I, I guess I had never really thought about it and put it into uh, the context that you just put it in. And you're exactly right. What's the point? Yeah, you're de- you're 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 desensitizing us. You're taking all of the value out of the out of our dollars and your belts. You're devaluing all of it, and you've got guys. The problem the problem I have with it is not the Dimitri Bibbles, the Canelo Alvarezes. It's little. It's little twelve-year-old Joshua. Damn, that thinks he can fight his way to the top. That thinks there's something here for him that if I fight well and I fight and I work hard, and that's true in boxing, unlike any other sport. Boxing is made up of athletes and fighters, and the vast majority of us are not athletes. That's a John Scully quote. We are fighters and not athletes. So you work hard, you learn the skill, you get these things down and you figure it out and you become that thing. You become a great fighter. But the, but but you're selling something to those kids. And a lot of those a lot of a lot of the people that show up to these fights, they bring kids with them. There's that whenever I call the voice of Dunkin' Donuts Park, whenever I call that introduction, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, I think about that little kid standing out there with grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, somebody brought them to a baseball game. It's their first game and they still have all that passion and joy and wonder in them. And I want to announce it so that like, like, like I feel that. Like I'm still there. Like I'm that little kid. I want that little kid to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Dun- and know that the show is about to start. The magic in the air. I want them to feel that. And you're lying to those little kids that are riding their bikes to the gym, thinking if they just work hard, there's a spot for them because McGregor has a big mouth. You're going to rob them. It's disgusting. I can't stand what happened to our sport. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that same top 10, if Mike Tyson is on the top earners top 10 at the end of this year for his one yep. fight with Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones, Logan Paul, and Nate Robinson will oh be up there. God, don't even it's disgusting. forgot about that. Stop. Uh, yeah, I mean, to, to continue to make a mockery of a sport that desperately needs to find – 
it's credibility again. You know what I mean? That that needs to go back to a time where the sport was relevant. Most people don't know Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. I mean, most casual sports fans I know, as I've been talking about some of these fights with, they don't, they don't, they're not, they're, they're just not following boxing at all. Like I said, to the point where, like, even if you're not a boxing fan, you should know who the heavyweight champion of the yeah. world is. In my lifetime, that was pretty standard operating. You knew who the champ was. You had to. People don't. People don't. And there's a reason for that. And I think boxing needs to needs to take a look in the mirror if they want to save the industry and restore credibility and maybe get back to the heyday, uh, you know, that Muhammad Ali ushered in, you know, through the 70s and into the 80s. It would be great, but... You and you know what the option is. The option is that the Olympics turn into the only reputable source that we have to find out who the best fighters in the world are because professionals are going there and all the rest of it is just WWE entertainment style BS. That's where we're headed is to where if you want to know you're the best fighter in the world, you're going to have to have an Olympic medal because having one of the nine belts in your weight class doesn't mean a fucking thing. Yeah. Excuse my language. Yeah. And then we've seen over the past, slowly but surely, UFC is eclipsing boxing because of stuff like this. More people are tuning into UFC. More people know the heavyweight champ in the UFC than they do in boxing. And it's a shame because both, while both, I do think both deserve their spotlight. Like he, it sucks that one is losing out over the other. Well, and there's arguably more. Uh more storyline and more drama and more uh more better competition at the at the top of boxing than the top of MMA at the heavyweight yeah. division unless they there's this is a really intriguing storyline with these three guys that you're right the average fan is missing there it's Logan Paul and and Conor McGregor Floyd yeah. Mayweather who wouldn't make my top 50 if you made me write a list right now yeah he right. might be in my top 50 <laughs> That's a little rough, but I, I feel what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> like 48. Slides, I get like, it. Yeah, yeah, when he slides in at 37, the average there fight go. fan's going to go, what are you doing with Floyd all the way down? That's where he belongs, dude. He's undefeated, 50 and 0. He but, makes uh, great adjustments, but do you know what one style Lopez would do to Mayweather right now? Give me that one style of Lopez uh, versus over Mayweather right now. I'd take that. I think he beats Mayweather. That's a good fight. But he can't touch Loma right now. Don't come down to 140 and fight, try to fight yeah. Loma because there'll be Floyd fanboys out there that think he can win that fight, and he can't. That is, that's not a winnable fight for him. No, not at all. But uh, thank you for that, Flurry Jared. That was fun, the trivia. Yeah, thank you, guys. But uh, to wrap it up, I would like to remind everyone that Throwing Jabs is brought to you by Clovercrest Media Group. Come and join the CMG Podcast Network, um, where if you are interested in starting your own podcast, you have a subject you're passionate about, you can come start your own. Or if you are looking for podcasts, if you got some time to kill, uh, come check out. Go to clovercrestmedia.com. Got sports podcasts. You got 
political podcast. You got comedy podcast. You got everything that you want. Go check it out. Clovercrestmedia.com. And thank you, Jared. Thank you, Joe, for joining me today. And I'm Jace Garcia. And we will make sure you guys watch tonight's fights. They're great, great fights. Make sure you tune in. And we hope to see you next time to discuss them. So take care.